Mic check, mic check, mic check. Test one, test two, test three. Scooby dooby doo, scabba da ba da. And we're live. That's what I do to test my mic every now and then from Skype or if I'm on Audacity. Because when I plug in the USB wireless and sometimes turn on the mic, it doesn't always work. And then when I'm recording on Skype, it doesn't work. And there's a huge history to that Scooby-Doo. I used to record a long time ago, around the time of bullpen bulletins. If you know that podcast, it was a Marvel podcast with Vince B and David A. Price. And uh, <clears throat> I was on one of those episodes um, with Derek Coward, who's my pod father, basically, who created this podcasting monster that... Uh, um, I wouldn't be podcasting if it wasn't for Derek Coward. Um, he got me into this. I, I was kind of just a fan of his podcasts and uh, would listen to them and uh, regularly, uh, be, you know, in the early days of podcasting, maybe 2005 uh, was when he started because uh, I started in 2006 and I would just talk to him via the forums because I don't even think Twitter was around back then. So it was more like forums and that, and I would email him and send him like my Mike M's weekly reads, which is kind of like what this is. And I used to read a lot more than I read now. It's very strange. I buy more now, but I read more then. Uh, very, very strange stuff. But um, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> I had totally lost my train of thought because I'm old. It was a long work week. Um, oh, I was talking about the, the, the testing. Um, and there was, I was podcasting with a, a guy named Miguel. And he was on bullpen bulletins. And uh, he, he um, we mostly talked on the bullpen bulletins forums. And he started a podcast uh, called Indie Indie Comics Podcast or something. I can't even remember what it was. And I was on there for a while. It was me, Miguel, and I can't remember the third guy other than he was from Iceland. And uh, we did a few podcasts, and he said, you would pronounce the S's weird. So I always would do the Scooby-Dooby-Doo, Scabba-Dabba-Da. <laughs> Before I started the mic check. And I've never got an expensive headset. I just kind of used these headsets and, and kind of went with it. But um, I think I was podcasting with Geek Brunch at that time as well. When I was podcasting with Miguel. And that didn't last very long. I uh, That might have been like four episodes. Um, if that. If I remember correctly. But anyway, um, I uh, want to give a shout out. I don't know if he listens to this, but I told him on Twitter, um, thank thanked him very much to at uh, Pop Culture four thirteen. Um, he must listen to some of my podcasts because he always comments about my love for cheer wine and. Uh, he must have listened a few times because I think he understands my tastes. 
or he sees my retweets of other podcasts that I support. And uh, he sent me a uh, a list of podcasts to try. And because I was looking for new podcasts, because two of my regulars kind of pod faded. Um, they uh, went away. Um, even though they say they're going to go like to once monthly, twice or once every two months. That's just not enough for me. Um based on um, my current listening. Um, so I tried uh, Bronze and Modern Gods um, because he asked, he recommended it. And uh, I did listen to one or two and I found they were too CGC-centric. And I, you know how I feel about CGC and imprisoning comics but uh you know what after listening to about three episodes i really like the chemistry between the two hosts and i like what they talk about um so and i like their format so i added that i listened to a few episodes of the comic conspiracy and that's more like a a news related podcast and I liked the chemistry there. I didn't listen to their latest one because they were talking about Thor Love and Thunder. And I haven't gotten to see it yet. And I didn't want to get spoiled. Um, I already got spoiled by one thing because of God. <laughs> a Bronze Age. When you listen to a speculation podcast, you're subject to spoilers. And I understand that. Uh, I was spoiled on one of the things. But I, I could see the writing on the wall. I look at the hot books uh, every month, and um, I kept on seeing a character, and I, I had a feeling that that character would be in that movie. Um, so I, I like that one, but I didn't listen to their latest. And then the third one really grew on me, uh, even though the host, George, didn't have his regular podcast hosts I, I i listened to two of them with the guest host I, I found him fascinating but he's a youtuber and uh i won't go listen to, or watch youtube just because if i'm going to watch the tv i am going to watch regular tv either network tv or hbo max or i'll stream something i'm, I'm not a youtuber um if I was, I would do the comic kayfabe and a couple of others. I do do that sometimes when I'm on vacation, but I don't necessarily do the YouTube thing. And um, Bronze Age, Bronze and Modern Gods, they're YouTubers too, but their format is, is friendly, and even though they give visual aid, it... Uh, I know so much about what the covers look like because <laughs> I'm a well-versed, so I don't necessarily need to to do that. So yeah, I uh, meanwhile at the podcast, I I enjoyed quite uh, very much the last two, and they're they're a little lengthy, but I like that. Um, it usually takes me a walk and uh, maybe a dishwashing session, and I'm done with uh, that podcast. 
and the comic conspiracy is about an hour and bronze and modern gods is less than an hour but uh i can do a couple of them but uh yeah thank you uh at pop culture 413 if you ever tell me your name then then i'll uh thank you properly but i thanked you on twitter i don't know if you'll listen to this but um thank you and uh the other one i'm listening to is comic addiction but they took a week off so um that one i i just started listening to on my own and and i i like that one um so with the two that what why did i drive to these new podcasts because nerdy legion never comes out anymore um and Brightside Chat Comics kind of quit, and I don't listen to their TV one, so they uh, kind of pod faded, uh, even though they show up every now and then on the feed, uh, kind of like the comic book Attic, A-T-T-I-C, Mike Pindell, um, he shows up from time to time, and but he's not regular, um, he's more into the videos uh his video library than he is into his comics anymore and then rob liefeld took a uh a, a summer break like he always does and that was the other podcast i was listening to so i had a bunch of uh time to add some stuff and i think i found some good replacements uh some might even cut some of the other ones out <laughs> because uh i i i i actually liked what i heard um so uh thanks at pop culture 413 and uh if you ever i am your name I'll, I'll give you props but uh that was uh my venture into new podcasts my segment on music um i'm going to talk about the cure a little bit I, I i was very late to the the new age or new wave music in the 80s uh still listening to rock but uh my cousins who lived a uh they were a little bit younger than me uh and we would spend a lot of time together whether it be water skiing or doing haunted houses during halloween you know or we we did a lot of activities with my uncle aunt and my two cousins uh they were both females and uh me and my brother so we were both males but we had a lot of fun over with cousins um and uh they kind of brought me into the the new wave uh era and uh got me into the cure and tears for fears and just a whole bunch of stuff and um i started listening to the cure a a lot and I, i even remember um very uh early when me and and barb were together uh, i went with my cousins to this thing called the big apple and what it was was a under a teenage nightclub if you will (laughs) where they'd have a dj and a dance floor and no bar you know but they'd serve drinks and food um i only went there once but i remember it very distinctively because my cousins were there my brother was there and then i took barb my wife there and i remember very distinctively of listening to the cure let's go to bed (laughs) and uh 
that was a uh, an eye-opening song for me and from that I I bought a lot of the cure from that point forward because I became lo- a loyal album person like if I f- discovered Depeche Mode and and I think I think my cousins introduced me to Depeche Mode um and Barb turned me on to a lot of Depeche Mode too uh, especially with the one construction uh, album, I was more into the People Are People album, and she she introduced me into some of the earlier um, Depeche Mode albums. And uh, very during this time of New Wave, I, I would buy a lot of cassettes um, because I I could listen to cassettes in my car, and whatever I can listen in my car was the driving factor of what medium I wanted it on. So I didn't get a lot of albums back in the day. It was mostly cassettes. Even before that, it was 8-tracks because before I had my VW Bug, I had a a Maverick, and that Maverick had an 8-track player in it. And uh, I... I was buying eight tracks from the Columbia house listening to that. And that was a lot of more rock like Ted Nugent, ACDC, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, um, along those lines, Journey. Um, And a matter of fact, uh, when we moved into our house, I still had my eight tracks and I, I tried the eight track player and it actually warped the, Eight track I put on, it was like. I, I think the tape doesn't last as long in an eight track as it does in a cassette tape, uh, just based on what I've tried. Um, I can still listen to cassette tapes, but I just wanted to spotlight the Cure, and uh, I, I've always liked Robert Smith and crew. Uh, throughout the years, and they've been one of those bands that uh, I followed. Um, the my my favorite um, album by them is Standing on the Beach. It, it seemed to have like all of their hits on it, and I I loved it. I, I loved it to death, and I, I think today it's still my favorite album uh, to listen to. So that that's my uh, new mu- music segment and um as far as going to the comic shop today i i picked up a uh a few issues of uh back issues of uh armageddon and it was chaos like i have the a lot of other armageddons and and i may have bought a lot of the same uh I think I got one, two, and four of Armageddon, and it seems like Armageddon is a crossover that had uh, Evil Ernie. Wow, it's by artist Len Kaminsky. I thought Len Kaminsky was a writer. So uh, Brian Polito, it had Evil Ernie, uh, Purgatory, and I don't even recognize the other ones. Uh Lady Death, um, I don't recognize, there, there's Chastity on there, I think, and then there's an angel who I don't know, and a devil who I might know the name from Lady Death, but I don't recall it, but, um, 
it looks to be exciting and I, I picked each one up for three bucks which is pretty much cover price and uh, I look forward to reading that because anytime I could find like a chaos comic I uh, like I like that era quite a bit that was from 2000 and uh, picked that up I I saw a guy in there buying a ton of Pokemon tins and uh, Ed asked him, well, do you play? Do you know how these things are? And he goes, no, I don't play. So I don't know why he gets them other than to maybe turn them around on the secondary market or because he likes the pictures of them. I don't know. But I always like to listen in and see what the heck is going on. Uh, somebody brought a list of books to add to his list, and there was a lot of Star Trek, which I thought was pretty cool because... I don't see too many people buying uh, IDW Star Trek these days. And I, I do get Star Trek from from that comic shop. I, I don't get much um, independence from him. But uh, I mostly get most independence from DCBS. But I, I do get my Ninja Turtles and my Star Trek from him. So um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see uh, some other customers looking for uh, some... Uh, Star Trek comic books. Uh, hopefully IDW will maintain that license because I don't know what they're going to do. They lost the Star Wars license. They lost the Hasbro, uh, G.I. Joe, and Transformers. Uh, I think at the end of this year, and I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I know they launched a, a new Scott Snyder comic, which you think people would be excited about. But when I was listening to Challenger's uh, podcast, um, somebody asked him, I think it was an IDW rep, you know, did you sell a lot of copies? And they had very little interest. And I think one of the reasons is, is because the marketing, at least within uh, previews, is nilch for IDW because they sort of dropped out of the front half of previews. And since they decided to distribute their books, with Penguin Random House, as well as Diamond, Diamond said, oh, fuck that. We ain't going to spotlight you. You can be in our our uh, book, but um, I'm not going to have any spotlights. So I think that book is going to fall uh, on the wayside, even though it's Scott Snyder, you know. Um, not because people don't want Scott Snyder. It's because they don't poke around for creator-owned stuff. And IDW, and, you know, people don't really look out for it. And then when they, if they don't have a big old spotlight on it, um, it's a lot of people will miss it. But in the industry of comics right now, there's a lot of firings going on with Oni. Um, I don't get much from Oni anymore. I used to be heavy into their Lion Forge and uh, superhero lines that Mark Wade was kind of editor for. And then uh, I used to get a lot more from Oni, and uh, now it's only one or two books uh, that I get from them, so I'm not too impacted. But it's it's heartbreaking to know a lot of people lost their jobs at uh, Oni, and it's kind of in turmoil. Um, they're also getting sued by a state because of uh, some kind of uh, perversion thing, but. <laughs> that's ridiculous some republican senator is suing them when there's a lot worse uh to to, to go after uh in terms of like manga and stuff they show in there i i don't understand other than to 
uh, publicize whatever this guy was offended by. But um, they, I don't think they're going to win. But um, And I'm, to I'm totally for freedom of, of speech. And I like to see both angles of stuff. Um, and when it comes to comics, I'll read anything, uh, even stuff that people ban on the other side. Like, I, I don't associate with a lot of other, you know, uh, things on the, that are totally pro-Republican, because I'm mostly on the other side, or pro-gun, but, um, or hate mongers that are in Comicsgate. But I will read any comic, and, and I'll try to see it through the eyes of the material that's presented to me, because I consider myself a comics historian, and what kind of historian will be blind to other voices in the comics medium? I'd rather experience it uh, for myself and, and make my own judgment call, and uh, I think it's good to, to understand both points of view. Um, whatever have you, and as a comics historian and wanting to read every single comic, I oh, I will read every single comic that will come in front of me. I don't care where it's from or how controversial it is or what. I will read it and then uh, learn from it and uh, give my opinion on it. But um, I don't know. Uh, this is a lot of rambling. Uh, my wife is coming home. Uh, I think she just texted me, if you heard that in the background, saying... Uh, she's going to go pick up Schlotzky's and I usually get a Turkey original cause I like that. And I don't even like black olives and there's black olives on that sandwich and I'll eat them up. But, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so I think I will have time for a few questions based on her text. So I will get to them. Um, if I can get there. If I, for, I remember how to uh, look for my bookmarks. So most of these are from Aaron Bell now. Um, but I don't know if I'll get to the Aaron Bell questions because I think I answered that one. That was from Dal Dallow. I answered that one. Damn it, I hate when it refreshes like that. It's, it auto-scrolls to the top. I think I answered all the Dallos on the last episode. So, uh... I will go to the next one, which is from Rob Krieger, my co-host on, um... Geek Brunch Retrocast and the kind of defunct uh, um, DC Everything Else. I, I try to get one going and uh, it doesn't always work out. Um, but uh, he asked, what's your ideal fleet? Um, what What is a fleet? Uh, why, why do we why does Aaron Myers the, one of the big uh, comic book sellers uh, and consumer of comics. I think his his uh, motto is, I want to buy every comic book and own it. And if I get a dupe, I'll sell it. And I'll use my sales profits to fund more comic book purchases. 
So that that's what I know about Aaron. I know a lot about him because I've I've talked to him on a, a podcast in Mike M's Collector's Corner. He, he's really a fascinating guy. Um, it, he probably has a lot of comics. Uh, and I know he doesn't have a database. He should get a database. But uh, I think he's at the point where he's filled up most of his home storage, and now he's in the storage unit like myself. So (laughs) he uh, posts fleets, and it's usually like Betty Page or some classic uh, female, uh, beautiful female uh, that, that shows up, and he says, this would have been a fleet. And I, I've never understood that. Um, I didn't even know that Twitter had this thing called fleets. But uh, if you Google Twitter fleet, uh, you will... T- so if you, I'm going to Google it right now and re- re- read you the definition. So uh, you'll know if I ever point a fleet, I'm just copying Aaron. <laughs> so... They w- they didn't last long, but it was, I guess, in 2021 or... We built fleets as a lower-pressure, ephemeral way for people to share their fleeting thoughts. We hope fleets would help more people feel comfortable joining the conversation on Twitter. But in the time we since we introduced the fleets to everyone, we haven't seen an increase in the number of new people joining the conversation Fleets like we hoped. Because of this, on August 3rd, fleets will no longer be available on Twitter. I never even noticed them. So using our learnings from fleets will focus on creating other ways for people to join the conversation. I, I, I really don't know what that has to do with Betty Page and all the models that are posted, uh, usually in black and white. But uh, <laughs> he, he does it. This would be This would have been a fleet. Um, so it went away because it a lot of lot of people were not using it. Uh, Twitter Fleets feature was essentially a direct clone of Snapchat Stories uh, and Instagram, and um, I don't know what Snapchat. There's there's only one person I know that used Snapchat, and um, Micah from. Uh, Geek Brunch back in the day, but uh, he still uses Snapchat, and it's a, a picture that, that just goes away and vanishes at, at time once you look at it. Um, and then Instagram Stories, I, I don't know what Instagram is other than a uh, place to post pictures and talk about them, but I never use it. Um, but they would appear for 24 hours and then vanish so it wasn't persistent like uh, your tweets are now i don't understand that as an old man at 52 um why you'd want to post something and then have it vanish in 24 hours and i don't know what that has to do with beautiful women but it's a fun thing to do anyway who's my ideal fleet um my favorite fleet is uh, uh, Lily Monster. Um, I, I think she's the most um, beautiful 
woman ever. Uh, she's a Canadian-American actress. Uh, she played Lily Mun uh, Munster, but if you see all the other stuff, she uh, was very photogenic uh, before she became Lily Munster. And she's an actress that is absolutely beautiful, uh, Yvonne DiCarlo. So she's my favorite fleet. Uh, Betty Page is probably second. Um, I love to do Julie Newmar uh, posts. Um, and there's a lot of others. Uh, Rita Hayworth. Uh, so many different uh, posts that I do with those women. And a, a lot more. Um, I'm missing somebody. Um, one of my big fleets. Why can I not think of her name? Uh, and it's a big name too. Oh my God. I should just go on Facebook and go to my profile and I'll see her. And then I'll remember. Let's see. Under me, what did I post? And I can't believe I'm forgetting this. But uh, it's such a big fleet. Elvira is one of them. Oh, god dang, how could I forget her? Marilyn Monroe. She's absolutely gorgeous. Um, just beautiful. Um, but that, my favorite would be uh, Yvonne um, De, De Carlo. That's my favorite fleet um, for you, Rob. And you'll probably never hear this answer because you don't listen to podcasts anymore because you work from home. And there's no time to listen to podcasts. So I'm going to answer it. I'm going to answer this because I don't know if you have time. And, and Dallo follows that up with, yeah, and explain what it could have been, what a fleet means. And I think I did in that in that little explanation. I don't know why it's fleeting to post a, a beautiful woman like that and then have it go away in 24 hours. I, I'd rather have it persist and stay there forever <laughs> like it is now. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to ask Aaron Myers at point, why is that a fleet? Because um, uh, that I would never consider fleeting. Uh, it, it's always impressionable in my brain. But um, I'm going to answer him right now on Twitter and uh, tell him who it is because I don't think he's going to listen to this. So I did that. So I'm just going to stick the landing and be done with that because I think Barb's going to be here any second. Um and then I'll, I'll come back with Mike M's Weekly Reads. So uh, thanks for listening to my jumbled, uh, um, unformatted podcast of just rambling. And uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, in another week. Um, and I'll be back on this podcast to talk about my weekly reads. I'm already falling behind. I had caught up. And then I fell behind again. So I... I I can tell you right now, I don't think I'll ever be caught up just because I can't do this weekly. I just can't. Um, 
especially when I'm working 50 to 60 hour weeks, which is of late. It, it, there's just not enough time in the day. I, I get home at complete exhaustion. Um, and there's weeks when it's even hard for me to get the energy to podcast because I don't have a lot of time uh, anymore. And I, I always struggle with, uh, man, I'd rather read, read or whatever, but uh, I, I don't ever want to quit podcasting. And the main reason I podcast is so I can talk to my friends. This is more like a diary uh, podcast because it's my only solo one. But uh, it, it gives me a, a way to, to walk around the house on wireless and just vent my thoughts. And I, I like doing that. Um, it also helps me remember what I read <laughs> because I have to remember it. And if I didn't, it would just uh, go into those white dots in my brain, uh, which your brain can never be defragged like a disc. So uh, there you go. I'll be back soon. All right, I'm going to try to wrap up the second half of Mike M's Weekly Reads. Today's a Friday. I think I recorded the last one last Friday, and I was going through it really quickly because I wanted to beat Barb's uh, commute. <clears throat> Today, I got home a little early. I hit, I don't know, four, over 40 hours yesterday. So today, I don't know, I just worked like six hours and left. So uh, I was already tired and beat. And uh, I went to the comic shop and talked to Ed for a bit. I didn't pick anything out of the normal. Uh, I did buy a Haunt action figure. I don't buy action figures a lot, but um, those Spawn toys, uh, as much as I love Spawn, every now and then I uh, I dive into them. <clears throat> so now I'm home. Today I woke up and I thought it was Saturday and I was like, you know what, I'm going to sleep another hour. And then my brain kicked on and it said, you fool, it's not Saturday, get your ass out of bed. So I got out of bed got on the elliptical and finished watching uh, Star Trek Undiscovered Country again. Because I told my friend I would watch the, uh, he gave me the DVD to watch the back matter because I told him I, I enjoyed the music. But to tell you the truth, I don't enjoy back matter. I, I like, I, I don't like knowing how the sausage is made. <laughs> And that's why I don't like interviews and comics and stuff like that. I, I kind of don't want to know how the sausage is made. Uh, sometimes I do enjoy it depending on the perspective or the way it's told. Because I, I, I'd be a hypocrite if I said I didn't listen to Rob Servations. And sometimes he tells you how the the process and the colors are done and, and that kind of stuff. And I enjoy that. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I don't like the... DVD back matter. I like to watch the movies or the extended cuts, but I don't like director commentary or that. But I'm going to, I told him I'd watch, because uh, I like the soundtrack. I actually bought it, um, some of the back matter on there. And I decided to watch it again because it's my, it's my favorite Star Trek movie. I mean, more than Wrath of Khan. Um, it's not my most watched Star Trek movie. It's Star Trek uh, Five, 
What do you mean God could fly a starship? I love that movie. I could just keep watching it. You could probably say, why does this motherfucker like to watch Superman 3 and Star Trek 4 and Iron Man 3 so much? I, I like I like movies like that. I, I found I find that the rewatchability factor is incredible. <clears throat> so uh, I thought I'd get into the weekly reads. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a little congested. I'm, I've been having a, a lot of allergy-type problems. It seems I avoided the spring, but I'm getting hit hard in the fall. And I don't know why that is. <clears throat> but I've had some difficult times, like, doing outdoor activities and then coming back inside and I get like really congested and winded and and then uh, it's very abnormal but um, for me I have allergies but I don't usually have that kind of allergy but anyway um, I thought I'd get caught up on some of the weekly reads because I've been falling behind again so uh this is the week of uh may no june sorry june 20th 2022 through june 26 2022 did i not even total the books what kind of fool am i it was a pathetic week but uh let's see I was like 18. There are a total of 18 books that week. Not good. Not a good week. <clears throat> but um, I read, uh, this must have been a Geek Retro week. Um, but I read uh, some Marvel. Uh, that's coming in at the highest. There were 13 Marvel, one image, three Kickstarters. I've been trying to keep caught up. This week, four Kickstarters came in. and One's a pretty meaty one. So it will take me a bit to uh, catch up. One, one Dark Horse. So we start at the three out of fives. We have Dark Devil's Reign, Superior Foes, number two. This is the one that's featuring Doc Ock and his, like, octopus-related Marvel characters, like Wolverine, and I think Venom is one of them, and I don't even remember. I like them in the main series, don't care so much for the other series, and uh, this one, I don't even remember too well. But uh, I am still doing the all-in on events. And uh, I don't know if I need to. Maybe I, I just need to hang out on the event proper and maybe the books that I'm getting already that it crosses over with. <clears throat> but then I'd miss on some of the glory ones because a lot of, the Devil's Reign was a really good event. It was like a, not a company-wide event, and it, it played within its boundaries of Daredevil and Devil's Reign and the outskirts they were like devil's reign and then the title but it didn't like cross over into other titles so i'd call it a mini event 
but uh, we'll get into the that that was a three out of five. The other three out of five, a three out of five again is the Netflix old rating, which I used to like, which means I liked it. Uh, Marvel Age Annual Number Four. This was I didn't read the entire Marvel Age comic, so I can't really take. Uh, I have the comic, but uh, I was reading the Wolverine Epic Collection, and this is the. Uh, this is the Chris Claremont and John Buscema run. And uh, it had a uh, Marvel Age short story in, in as part of the Epic Collection. So I read that. And it was okay. It wasn't integral to the story. It was kind of like setting up the story. And it, it's not... It, it's weird because it's not at the beginning. It's like in after four or five issues of Wolverine. But this is the Wolverine story setting the status quo of Wolverine after the X-Men are thought dead. We have the four out of fives now. Telos, this was new to me, but uh, not totally new. I was aware of this title, but uh, I never purchased it. And this is one that I got at the flea market for, I think it was 50 cents. I got a good portion of this run. This was the Todd DeZago and Mike Rearingo uh, story arc. It's a fantasy story. Anthropomorphic uh, frog soldiers with lips, lisps in pursuit of Kaj, a humanoid tiger, a buccaneer garb, and his protege Jarek, a human child. But So they're like pirates, and it kind of introduces them in the situation that's on this planet. And um, that's about as far as I got. It was a good story. I I, I liked it. I uh, really liked it. Great art, too. Um, might delve a little more in that into the retrocast this weekend. I don't know. I'm deciding. i got to decide what I'm going to be doing. Speaking of retrocast, a quick announcement. Uh, I've been delinquent really bad on DC Everything Else. And then our Geek Brunch Retro has been like summer hiatus, kind of can't get together. Even though there's three of us, there's only usually one or none of us that can get together. And that doesn't make a show. I need at least two. <clears throat> so I knew we were delinquent in DC Everything Else, so I, I asked those guys to join. Now, the downside to that is I don't know if Kirk is ever available on a Sunday, at least in the mornings. I don't I don't know if it's church or what he's doing that day, but um, I don't know if that time slot's going to work for him, but I hope it does. Uh, and, and then if it doesn't, I hope we could do some of them at night. Uh, but that's usually when I record um, DC Spotlight at least every other week. So we'll see what happens. And then I asked Joe Crawford to join. It sounds like he'll be more available on a Sunday. So hopefully me, Joe, or Chris have capability to record. Rob doesn't, and neither does um, <clears throat> Kirk. So as long as one of us three show up, we could do a show. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I'm trying to put things in back in track 
And then it also gives those guys the flexibility to not always talk about DC or Charlton or anything that was acquired by DC. They could talk about anything that's 10 years or older. But uh, back on track, we have Carnage number three. Carnage is trying to find a new host and absorbing the powers of villains. And like Hydro Man in the spot, and this is the one he goes after the spot. We have Devil's Reign Spider-Man. This was really good. It focuses on the Rose, who's been a big part of Devil's Reign. Um, and in the background in Amazing Spider-Man, because he is trying to gain control in the absence of Kingpin. We have X number two from Dark Horse. This is uh, picked this up at the uh, flea market. I'm trying to complete my comic's greatest world, and I've really been enjoying X. Um, it's just, you don't, this guy doesn't have another alias like Bruce Wayne or anything. He's just, as far as we know so far, he's just X 24-7, and he's busting heads, and we don't know anything about him. He's kind of like Wolverine. <clears throat> and he's in a crappy town. Uh, this is an awful town that he's, he's currently in. Arcadia. And um, the next one is the 4 out of 5 Devil's Reign Moon Knight. This was a lot of fun. like this tie-in quite a bit. Because he goes to prison on purpose to seek revenge on Man Martin Marco. And if you remember who that clown is, he uh, premiered in Amazing Spider-Man, I think in the 20 cent issues, somewhere around there. But uh, that was a hell of a lot of fun. And boy, did he get a comeuppance, that man, Mark. He was kind of like one of those guys in prison that is kind of like a bully that's running the prison. And uh, boy, did he, they have a fight club going on in this prison. And boy, did he get his uh, shit kicking out of him by Mark Spector. So we got Wolverine 4 through 6. This is uh, the... This has been a lot of fun for me uh, revisiting. Uh, Roughhouse and Bloodsport are working for Karma's uncle. And they go after Jessica, Lindy, and Tiger. <coughs> uh, Tiger is trying to gain control from uh, the one guy that's ruling, the kind of like the ruling party within um, Mandapore. Wolverine has to come to their rescue with the help of Karma. So if you remember who Karma is, she's a new mutant. Um, so that was really cool. We got Devil's Reign Omega. This establishes the new Thunder. It's kind of like the aftermath of Devil's Reign. And it establishes the new Thunderbolts. You think, wow, they want um, Photon. No, her name's Spectron. Spectron. Spectra is it, what is it? Spectrum, I think. Um, but she used to be Captain Marvel, and then I think from Captain Marvel, she became Photon, and then from Photon, she became Spectrum. And uh, what was interesting about this one is uh, I think it comes back to be Hawkeye, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Cage uh, is being the major of as a status. He won mayor and the status quo of Daredevil and Elektra post Devil's Reign. 
We have Black Coffins number one. This is a Kickstarter by um, Evolution, uh, one of the uh, publishers that I uh, get quite a bit quite a bit of Kickstarters from. This one was really good. Matter of fact, if you're interested in what I say, but uh, it's a supernatural revenge story western where a woman comes back to get revenge. It's it's a typical western. But it's really well done, and if you like those kind of stories and uh, you mix uh, Supernatural with that, kind of like uh, the Vertigo Jonah Hex, if you like that, you might like this. And uh, you can get this on Kickstarter. He's just put up number two. I, I, I went in on that, but I noticed he has, if you get number two, you could also get number one, so you can catch up. He's usually pretty good about catch-up tiers. And uh, non-digital catch-up tiers if you don't want to go digital. Five out of fives are Devil's Reign, three through six, the conclusion. And uh, Daredevil's brother is killed, and the kingpin is defeated. Uh, Luke Cage becomes mayor, and uh, Elektra as Daredevil, and Daredevil survive all of this. And um, his... Matt Murdock is gone, so he's living kind of like X, what I was talking about, you know. It's almost like Daredevil's 24-7. So uh, we'll see how that turns out in the new series. The top five out of five goes to a Kickstarter, and uh, this was absolutely incredible by Pat Shand and his wife. Uh, I will say it's like rated R+, maybe NC-17. It could be X, depending on how you define X, but it's not like hardcore. It's, uh, I don't know, if you like comics like Swing and all those that are coming from Top Cow, Suns, is it Sunstone? Uh, I think you'll really like Thirsty, and, and it's pretty incredible. And he's got the next one uh, to Thirsty coming out, and I, I'm so looking forward to it. But what this was... It's kind of like a bunch of stories that have a, a what do they call those? An, a book start? Uh, why I can't think of the word. But uh, a prelude and an ending, and they collect, they connect everything in between. But uh, it's about a woman uh, who uses her car uh, to figure out her, she, she, figures out how to tap into the phone and use the car to get into their deepest fantasies. So it like, once you plug in your phone into this car and she's kind of like an Uber, it will look at your phone contacts, your messages and try to determine what your sexual fantasy is. It's, it's very interesting, <clears throat> but then it has a story about a woman who finds a guy named Benny and uh, makes a successful Just Fan sex site. This one was really interesting because it's about a woman that's trying to start a Just Fans sex site, and she's not very successful. And then she meets this guy, and he's not a good-looking guy. So she tries with women, she tries with friends, she tries all kinds of different stuff, and it's just not working. She can't like build a fan base. And this guy Benny, who helped her get into the game to begin with at a party because there is one of the they went to this one woman's party and she was very successful like just fans type person 
and she wanted to get pointers from this person. And she didn't know how to ask that person. Well, she asked Benny, and Benny found out all the answers and then came back. And if you guys are old enough to remember a cartoon called Meatball and Spaghetti, there's only one person I know that would know this, and this is Kirk Spencer. But uh, big at Big Army 5, he would know Meatballs and Spaghetti. But there was a cartoon. I think it lasted a year. I think it was before or after Spider-Man and his amazing friends on NBC. And it was kind of like a bunch of stoners. They weren't really smoking, but they looked like it. Um, that ate a lot of spaghetti and ro did rock and roll and all kinds of stuff. And uh, the, the main fat guy, Meatball, he... Uh, looks exactly like Benny. So you, you know he's like pear-shaped. Uh, even when he comes in, she asks this guy to perform sex with her. And he comes in, he's not well endowed, but man, when they're in front of the camera, magic happens, man. And then all of a sudden, everybody's clicking the like and joining the Just Fans to have these two have sex. <clears throat> and she really finds out that she really cares for this guy. So that was a really interesting story. And then uh, we have a story about a woman that has sex with dolls and finds she's attracted to the woman that works at the store that makes these sex dolls. And then a man who has trouble getting aroused because uh, he was in an abusive relationship, like I think she like psychologically abused him to the point where he had trouble getting hard. Like he, he had the desire to have sex. He just couldn't. And this woman helps him with that situation and uh, gets that stuff going back again. And I guess he didn't want to like try Viagra or any of that stuff. So, And then it all ties back to the beginning where they're all driving in this car. <laughs> Of the opening story so this was like an a plus one of the best comics I've read uh, personally I, I thought it was an amazing uh, piece but uh, <clears throat> that's all for that week only 18 comics um, we'll go to the next week Next week was a little bit better. There was one movie watched, The Man from Toronto, that was on Netflix. Woody Harrelson and mm -mm -mm, Kevin Hart. And this was about a movie about one of those guys, an interrogator, that kind of get brings his torture tools, he's played by Woody Harrelson, to a situation to get answers. And a lot of times he doesn't even have to use those tools because he's so affected verbally that he gets the answers out of the person that he's targeting. Well, Kevin Hart plays a guy that gets the address wrong, and they think he's the interrogator, and they're dealing with, like, Russians and stuff, and nobody's ever seen this guy, the man from Toronto. So they think that Kevin Hart is, and then Kevin Hart tries to adapt to the situation, and it turns into, like, comedic, and then Woody Harrelson goes to hunt him down, and then they end up becoming friends and working together to take down um, the handler that actually hires Woody Harrelson because she's corrupt uh, and she sometimes sends like the man from Texas and the man from 
Japan or whatever to deal with one another and she's not trustworthy. She's a bad handler. So um, that was a great movie. Uh, I recommend it. It had really like two scenes that I thought were really laugh out loud, really funny. And then the rest was humorous and entertaining action movie. The totals for that week were 25 comics, one Scout, uh, one Red 5, six Marvel, three Kickstarters, two Image, one Fanagraphics, three Dynamite, uh, five Dark Horse, one Behemoth, and two Aftershock. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I apologize. But, um, yeah, I, the allergy is bothering me again. So, we have a 3 out of 5. This one, when we talked about it on Geek Brunch, I almost bumped it up. And then I said, no, i got to go with my original score. And then I read the next two and I said, god damn, Bill was right. I was wrong. I gave this a 3 out of 5, which means I just liked it. If I look at it in the context of what this was and what it's going to be, it was almost a five out of five. So um, I think I was an unfair judge. It, it was like original context. Like this was about a kid in Liverpool who tries to survive and finds out more about his surroundings and the situation he's in. And he's got like a broken eye. Um, but uh, he gets involved in, in a, a various situations. And it, it turns out to be interest, very interesting uh, plot. Um so this is by Scout Comics. Uh, for Geek Brunch that week, I read Super Freaks. I gave that a 4 out of 5. This was a anthology put together by the people that do the Savage Finn cast and maybe people that they know as a tribute to Savage Dragon, and it was it was highly entertaining. Uh, it's, it's no Eric Larson, but it was highly entertaining, and you can see the passion that these individuals had for the creation that Eric had done. And then uh, from Dynamite, the next one is Samurai Sonia, where Sonia goes after her father's immortal enemy and fights a huge skeleton creature. The art in this is it looks like Billy Tucci nice. Like, it looks really cool. Um the layouts and stuff. There's not a lot of substance, but her father was a samurai and she gets it and she doesn't want to shame her family. And she has to fight her father's enemy. But uh, simple story. The art was really nice. Uh, even though it was simple, it's effective. You could have a simple story just like that Western I told you about and just be totally entertained by it. Um, that's what this was. And then uh, the next one, it's something that I never used to like before, but it's starting to grow. Like kaiju mech and the guys who fight the kaiju, like robots. And uh, this is Red Man number one. I believe it was a uh, title that uh, a TV show that did small clips, um, kind of like Ultraman, except they were like small. I don't know, maybe 10-minute shows. 
And uh, I did not know that until I heard uh, Vince B review it. I actually read it before I heard Vince B's review, which is good because it didn't affect my enjoyment. He praised it, and it might have biased me in it. And I, I went in with no expectations on this one. So I really liked it because I, I, I was able to form my own opinion without any external influence. But um, this is not a lot of substance. It, it has like an overarching theme that like the people here on Earth on old TV sets can see sometimes the fight between Red Man and the Kaiju. Uh, but it's like static. It's almost like you're watching porn um, uh, back in the day and you had like they were scrambled. The stations were scrambled and you'd have to pay for a tear. But if you turned it on and you looked every now and then you could see a titty or something like that. And you'd be like as a young kid, you're like, wow, I'll turn it to that station and I'll watch the static and see if I could see anything. <laughs> That's kind of like the way a red man opens up. Uh, so we'll see what the overarching thing, but the art is beautiful. Like it is uh, really beautiful artwork, uh, highly rendered. Uh, the kaiju look amazing. The layouts are incredible. Uh, like I said, not a lot of substance, but if you're into a good fight scene, uh, it's well worth it. Behemoth uh, number four, Redman um, switches companies. Be sorry, because <laughs> Behemoth got acquired by Samaritan. And Samaritan's going to be publishing the comics. Interesting um, factoid. <clears throat> El Torres sold Amigo to Behemoth. Now Behemoth sells to Samaritan. And now Samaritan's running with it. So... Yeah, it's Amigo. I followed Amigo pretty religiously because El Torres was amazing horror writer. Like, he's incredible. I know he's going to be doing some Black Caravan stuff for Scout, so really looking forward to that. Amazing Spider-Man number three. This is uh, JRJR and uh, uh, Jim Zub, I believe. And uh, this is Tombstone has captured Spider-Man and is torturing him. Really good artwork, really good story. Um, I've been enjoying this one. I'm trying to keep up on Spider-Man. Uh, we'll see how successful I am. But uh, I'm two issues behind right now, and I don't want to get any further, especially because it's twice monthly. So we'll see how I do, uh, especially being a mood reader. I, I tend to fall out like I'm... I need to finish that Wolverine epic, and I haven't gone back to it. I'm just an asshole that way. I was like a new Shining Star thing. And I, then I start going down another rabbit hole, and then I, I get interested in that rabbit hole, and then I find another rabbit hole, and it's just a continuous uh, shift. And that's why I like comics so much is because I, I read when I'm in the mood for something, and I don't feel forced to read it. I should, but I don't. Um don't feel any sense of urgency so it, it's a weird feeling there my wife says I have fear of missing out but if I had fear of missing out wouldn't it be that I want to get that comic book and read it as soon as possible before anybody told me about it, it, it it's not another term that I have where 
it's not fear of missing out. It's fear of not having everything that I want to read at some point in time. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds weird, but that's what it is. <clears throat> we have Red Sitha. Um, at the time I read this, I didn't read uh, Mirko Andolfo's Red Sonia, but Red Sitha came from that arc. A matter of fact, I just read number one of Mirko Andolfo's Red Sonia, and Red Sitha is a little girl in that book, and Red Sonia rescues her and is trying to uh, take her to her mother. So um, now Red Sitha is an adult, and she's like a Red Sonia character because it seems like she's training with her as a little girl. She's more reckless and non-planning. Like Red Sonia is a little more strategic, and she, a Red Sitha kind of fumbles around and drinks a lot and kind of finds her way through. But in the Mirko and Dolfo, it looks like she has some kind of powers, like she's a mutant of some sort. But I, I don't remember seeing her mutant ability yet in Red Sitha. So she finds out she has a brother, and they go on a crazy adventure to find the parents. Uh, she has to steal from a prince who is going to marry one of her friends to get a device that will give them their parents' whereabouts. Uh, the woman that's marrying the prince it was also trying to rob the place and then fell upon the prince. She likes him, but she doesn't want to be there. <laughs> doesn't want to marry him. But uh, that's where we are with Red Sitha. Number one and two artwork is pretty solid in that Dynamite series. Lead City number one. It's Red 5. This is a Western. I recommend this Western. It's about a family, uh, much like uh, the family you see in 1850, was it 1858 or 1852, the show that uh, is the prequel to Yellowstone. Uh, they're a wagon bound going out west, and uh, they're in a wagon train, but they break off from the wagon train. The wife gets sick, so it's just the little boy and the wife and the father and they are trying to find a person like a doctor in town. They go to this town and all he sees is there's two towns next to each other and one's just full of bullets. And the guy says, no, you need to go one town over the, the one next door to try to find a doctor. Well, that doctor's corrupt and wants a huge payment that he can't pay. So he joins this contest in Lead City and it seems like it's a they put a lot of guns in the city and it's a free for all fight and whoever comes victorious is going to get a huge wad of money and this is a way this guy obviously seems good with a gun and he goes out to try to uh actually get the money so he can save his wife so we'll see how that pans out we have Miss Marvel 3 through 7 uh, this is the volume one. I started uh, reading on the app. I, I, I think I own issues one and two. And then I jumped off. I, I didn't read them. And uh, I started reading them on the app at night because I was enjoying the Disney Plus Miss Marvel so much. And I was like, wow. Um, the What makes Miss Marvel special is the Pakistani background. 
as well as the the people that play your family or your friends it's not the superheroics that drew me into this show it's all the supporting cast and the love that they have for one another and uh i read the comic and it's just i mean a lot of those characters are played the same way and it's so well told um except the the only difference is um in the tv show uh her origin seems tied to the jinn uh, i think it's called pronounced jinn which are like mythical creatures, but in this, in the Marvel universe, it seems like they crossed over from some multi area, and they're kind of like genie type characters, but without wishes. But uh, they have the ability to do certain things, and she finds out she's a ancestor. Her ancestors were Jin. <coughs> she's the offspring of a human and de Jin. And uh, in the comic books, she came about, there was an inhuman event. I can't remember for the life of me to tell you what it was. But uh, they released the Terrigen Mists across the whole area. <clears throat> and that caused a lot of people to gain powers that were inhumans that had defected uh, the city of Atlan and all their history so that if they were ancestors somehow they would get powers and she got powers so the origins are sort of different but she still could make big hands and stuff uh at least they show it on the disney plus but she seems to have more like uh in the comic books like mr fantastic related powers um but she can grow and do all kinds of stuff with her body morphing. We have X from Dark Horse. This is uh, three through six. The assistant to the mayor uh, leads an attack of robots on X. This leads up to a fight with the Pet Bulls. They were another uh, team that was launched out of the Arcadia series. And uh, then it leads to a... Uh, I forget if it was Golden City, but a, a character where he's like Superman that leads into a fight where X runs into Titan. And uh, X is kind of, I guess, like a Batman Batman versus Superman kind of scenario, except you don't get to see it unless you jump over to the powers that be comic book. Um, and I, I know they're stacked on the long boxes somewhere and I wasn't going to go grab those so I just continued reading X. But the uh, homeless boy is helping X fight the injustice but Arcadia is in chaos and a lot of corruption leads to a congressman and you'll see how that plays out in future issues because I've read a few more. We have uh, Burlap, uh, No Rest for the Wicked. This is a volume this is a Kickstarter, but all all three of these, this is like a Burlap in the 90s uh, uh, Kickstarter. So so Burlap, when it released first, it released as a Kickstarter, but they gave you all three comics. Well, this one did the same. And the third Burlap I, I talked about in the previous uh, Red Comics, that was, they're, they're, they changed paradigms. They're 
releasing one issue at a time, even though it's going to be a three-issue arc. So I don't know if the three at a time was hurtful to their, and, and they're going to a one at a time uh, thing, but uh, Burlap is a cool uh, concept. And this one, it's how the demon made the deal with Burlap's mom and how the souls he punishes go to that demon. We have, uh, that was no rest for the wicked. We have Burlap, Hammer on the Anvil. Burlap is hunted down by a colonel and uh, wins, but leaves his body there only for the voodoo guy to kill him. Uh, the voodoo guy is uh, a guy, I forget what his name is. He looks like Papa Midnight, but uh, he is another entity that's tied into Burlap. And then Burlap Death Want for No One. Uh, this is Burlap Saves Several Women's from Slavers. So that one is, uh, there were two, I think there were sisters. No, there were two friends, and one was a partier and one wasn't. But they went out drinking one night, and uh, some guy led them into the van, and he then enslaved them. Uh, it's weird, though, because... Okay, there's like an organization in this trailer park, and it's a bunch of big dudes, and they're kind of like the guys that enslave them, but they like save them for this guy who's a janitor. Every time he comes home from the at being a janitor at the high school, he's like the lead of this whole trailer park group. It's very bizarre, but uh, X has to take that that fucker down. Uh, we have Panther number one. Uh, the art in this is incredible um from dynamite comics and the interiors are just beautiful i i went to search for something i can't remember why and i ran across a uh bleeding cool article about dynamite saying that the number drop from one to two was horrible and uh they were maybe considering not finishing the story but i i know there's Three of them out, and uh, hopefully they will finish it. But uh, an Egyptian queen can't have children, so um, when a slave provides a son to the pharaoh, she kills a lot of the children, and the goddess uh, curses her. Now there's a faction of gods that are on our earth as people, and they need her to help when they are attacked by an entity, another godlike entity of monsters. And uh, I guess that god had cursed her, but gave some of the... She needs to take some of the power she gave Pantha to help them take out these gods. We have The Ocean Will Take Us. This is an Aftershock book. Uh, kids in a futuristic high school, a new swimmer tries to join the swim team. Um, it's very interesting. There's these bullies. You got basketball, football, but over in this in this area, this high school area, it's swimming is where it's at. Like, that's the sport. And they're right on the ocean front. And this kid from Hawaii comes... And uh, it's treated like shit, but he's supposed to be badass swimmer. And uh, he tries for the swim team and barely makes the cut. Because the kids that are in that swim team are using drugs 
to enhance their abilities, and uh, he doesn't know that yet. We got the Naughty List. This is a uh, Santa Claus, but it's a Santa story where someone takes the Naughty List uh, and is killing people based on that Naughty List. So it's like, and then the Santa has to go after the guy that stole the machinery. So it, it starts off as a story of a man that falls in love with his wife and his wife and daughter get sick and he tries to be with them and he, he uh, loses his job he starts making wooden toys eventually he hooks up with elves and they make toys and they distribute toys in a red truck and pulled by reindeer and stuff like that so it's really bizarre and uh, he he talks about over time how bad kids are getting like he has more on the naughty list and there's this mysterious machine that he has that it looks like one of those old calculators with that the uh, white tape on it it's like an accounting machine back in the day my mom had one so I know what it was it was it looked like a typewriter but it was totally for math and it wasn't a calculator you would just go and then the paper would roll and it'd have like a little like tape round and then you she'd have all the numbers and be able to apply it to whatever bookkeeping thing she was doing but um there's a device like that that has the naughty list and somebody stole it and is actually killing these people on the naughty list so it, it's really interesting by aftershock four out of five uh breakout is the dark horse book this is an alien invasion and they only steal kids so uh the the adults aren't in a hurry to fix the situation although they've tried and have been unsuccessful since they only take kids it's they're kind of letting it go so there's peace but um the kids say fuck that we we have friends and stuff up there let's try to do a trojan horse type thing where we get caught but then break everybody out and that's what breakout is it's it's a really cool story the five out of fives that week were savage dragon 262 paul and malcolm take down the vicious circle with the help of the new mako if mako doesn't show up paul and malcolm might have been in big trouble uh, Malcolm's blood is sent to the hospital to help Sarah because she had COVID, uh, but causes the whole hospital to die of a dragon COVID variant. It's a crazy story. So then we have Red Room Trigger Warnings number two. This uh, features two like Bonnie and Clyde types. They're called the Pumpkin Killers. They're killers that get into a situation where they owe money and they have to make a red room videos to to gain money uh they become popular and kill a lot of people before they frame two of their own enemies in high school and uh make it look like they were the killers really cool story so uh that wraps it up the five out of fives were savage dragon 262 and red room trigger warnings the previous week were devil's reign three through six and thirsty so we have a lot of five out of fives well we get into the final week the movies watched that week were a four out of fives we had senior year that was Netflix um, 
that was about a girl that was a cheerleader that her friend slash friend, not really a friend, plans a situation where they throw her up in the air and she falls and then she goes into a coma. And uh, she's in a coma for many, many years until she's an adult and decides to go back to high school. Uh, that was a four out of five. And the other one was One Night in so Soho. Um, Anna Taylor Joy is one of my favorite actresses. Not because she's only beautiful, but I think she's an amazing actress. She's one of the leads in this story, uh, which is a ghost story. It takes place in the present. But it has, it's sort of a woman who could see ghosts, gets caught up in a murder mystery from the past. That week we had 28 comics, two Scout, uh, one Red 5, two Marvel, four Kickstarter, three Dynamite, ten uh, DC, four Dark Horse, two AWA. The three out of fives were Hell, Sonya. This one is. Not as good as the, some of the other Sonyas I'm reading, but it's growing with me as I, I'm starting to read it and I'm understanding it. This is kind of like all the Sonyas in Sonyaversal. They're kind of like on a Viking ship and they're getting, they're hunting down um, a deity. So um, it's interesting. It's not the best. The art isn't the best for sure, but uh, it's very entertaining. We then get the four out of fives, and one of them I can't remember what this was, but it was a it was a sci-fi uh, bad girl comic book called Dixie Rose. And uh, by the time I wrote this one down, I, I wrote it down like two weeks later. I forgot what it was about, so it can't be that good, right? Well, I I remember enjoying it quite a bit. I just didn't thumb through it to recaptivate what I remembered. Uh, we have Pray for a Sinner, another Kickstarter. This is Sin Goes After an Alpha Monster on a Planet. We have Immortal Sonia. This is about our Immortal Red Sonia. That one was a lot more entertaining than Hell Sonia. We have Lead City number two. Uh, the game has started and everyone is trying to kill one another in Lead City. So we talked about that in the previous. We have Machine number one. <clears throat> this uh, machine is also in the early issues of barbed wire and you'll see that in the next issue but uh, uh, machine number one the man that created the machine is trying to convince the government to help him take down the machine which is like a, a cyborg type creature machine is trying to save the life of a gangster um, and the police were uh, chasing that gangster a matter of fact there's one one scene where the helicopter's going and they spot the machine and they're like, what the fuck is that? And then they was like, well, that's a job for another day. We have to find this uh, gangbanger guy and and get him arrested. So they, they go off on their business. But uh, barbed wire number four, machine's father tries to reunite with his son. Uh, barbed wire goes to get a bounty on some dude that is held up in his own house shooting it up. And he says, like, why are you guys out there trying to take me in? This is my house. I own it. And then the chief of police gets on the the megaphone and says, you're mistaken. You don't own this house. Uh, you're renting and you're destroying somebody else's property. But the machine actually goes into the phone wires 
as the phone rings in there and he picks up the phone and is able to take him out. You find out the machine lives with in barbed wire's uh, bar and uh, he's being chased by some guy. Um, his father comes to see him at the bar or is trying to find him and also the guy who created the machine is trying to destroy him. So that's what what's going on with barbed wire. Then I get into the X, number seven and eight. X is captured by a Roz Agal character and his brain is manipulated. In the dream sequence, he, he dreams of his lover. He is sent to kill the mayor. Lucky X, luckily, X gain, regains his mind and goes after the villain, but he gets away. And then a ghost story where she goes after the congressman that X is also going after, which I talked about in the previous issue. We have Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes. The Legion goes back to the past and Gold Lantern gets stuck there. Triplicate Girl was stuck in the past. And one of them aged and they're very afraid to, to merge. But it's the origin of the Gold Lantern in the second issue. And then the Justice League gets ported to the future and must fight the Great Darkness. We have uh, Black Mana 1 through 4. Um, Black Mana and his assistant look for a rock that is giving Atlanteans, Atlantean-related individuals like Migraines, Devil Ray and his crew work to stop Black Manta. This is by Chuck Brown, uh, Bitter Root fame. And uh, the art is pretty neat. Uh, there's two artists that are changing uh, roles every other issues or every two issues. And uh, they have similar styles. It's... A very entertaining story, and I read one through four of that Black Mana series. We have Amazing Spider-Man 92.1 and 93. This focuses on Monica taking down the Beyond Corporation, and she team that's Monica Lambeau, uh, who's the Spectrum. Uh, but if she teams up with Machine Man from Next Wave, because they were both in that Next Wave comic by Warren Ellis. Uh, Spider-Man vs. Spider-Man, as Ben is brainwashed by Maxine. She's one of the main workers or leaders or VPs of the Beyond Corporation. And becomes a new character as he is doused in chemicals. Um, we got the Joneses. Number one, a uh, family is of powered beings. Two members want to play heroes. The other two want to sit and hide. Uh, the city wants to make a registration act, basically with everyone that powers up to kind of sign up. The family is torn and kind of divided. We have Knighted number five. This was a very fun series. He takes down the cyborgs electronically with the help of another meta in the police department. Uh, there should be a follow-on series, so look forward to that one. Uh, we have flesh-eating cheerleaders from outer space. These, this is about a bunch of slugs that take over the cheerleaders, and the cheerleaders become really, really, really sexual, and then uh, kill the, their mates, if not convert them. So um, it's an alien space slug story. We have Anya of the Jungle. Um, this is pretty nasty. But I love Jungle Girl comics. And uh, Anya masturbates with the fruit. That's what happens. It's drawn beautifully. 
uh, and then watches a woman have sex with three other men who are trying to kill her, or so you think. Um, she ends up saving her. The woman's father paid these men to kill her because she is like the CEO of the company. But she went on this tour in the jungle to live out a sexual fantasy. So she paid these dudes. And then the father, uh, once she found out about this, he pays the dudes. He's like, okay, you go help her live out this fantasy. But uh, when all this shit is said and done, you're going to kill her. So he can get the rights to the company back. But uh, luckily, uh, Anya of the jungle comes and uh, rescues her. We have uh, Sister Murphy. Sister Murphy. <laughs> Sister Mercy, number four, another Kickstarter. Uh, Sister Mercy and a truck driver visit an oil refinery to find out if they know where Mercy's mom was. Uh, not mother, but the sister that took care, like Mother Superior kind of thing. And not a real mom. They need to track her down, and these guys might know. Um, the woman's father paid these men. Oh, sorry. Uh, they took Mercy and uh, st- strapped up Benny. Uh, they get away um, and release zombies on the refinery. We have Eclipso 1 through 3. Bruce, Amanda Waller, Creeper have to join forces to go to this island uh, that is controlled by Eclipso. He's taken over it, and he's making a poison that he can put in cocaine and then ship that cocaine to the United States and kill everybody. Uh, So he's looking for revenge after the darkness within. Uh, We have Ghost Rider number one, uh, Johnny Blaze. uh, Did I get... Johnny Blaze uh, is seeing a psychiatrist and is with the wife and family and finds out he is being manipulated by demons. The art is beautiful. The story's fun. Solid, solid Ghost Rider comic. Uh, we have uh, the 5 out of 5 is Broken Eye, number 2 and 3. So I gave the previous one a 3 out of 5 and then gave this a 5 out of 5. But the the prostitute goes with the judge and is killed uh, living... Um, there, there's a prostitute that has a child and she's killed. Uh, she's having sex with the judge that's related to one of the big schemes in this thing because they're targeting the judge because the judge is targeting a gangster and they're targeting the judge. It turns out Broken Eyes' new love interest works at social services. So when this guy loses his mother, this kid, uh, she is the... She's the niece of the mobster, but is working to help place this kid in protective custody. But a really interesting story, uh, complicated threads. Uh, You're engrossed in it like it's a TV show. I highly recommend from Scout Comics Broken Eye. So that takes me to the the end of uh, what I was going to discuss. And uh, I'm only one week behind, so that's good. And I haven't read any comics this week. It's been pathetic. Um, But maybe this weekend, I'll probably only be like at the highest 20. Uh, Don't have a lot of time. But uh, uh, we'll see how that pans out. But I want to thank you for listening. Um, You can reach me at uh, Mike at comicbooknoise.com or send me questions at Mike Myers Brunch.
and uh, I'll be glad to talk to them. And uh, what else? Uh, please retweet when you can and see the show. Uh, spread the love if you can. And uh, you can find us at geekbrunchpodcast.com that's where you'll find Mike M's Weekly Reads Geek Brunch Retro um, Geek Brunch and uh, on the DC uh, Noise Podcast you can find DC Spotlight with me and Kyle so those are pretty much the four regular comic book podcasts I do and then uh, I have some outskirts but I don't know when I'll get to them but um, thank you for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon Bye-bye. Mark check, mark check, mark check.